0: Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Wanna welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we have the privilege of speaking with leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we had the pleasure of speaking with Shannon DeVito. She's a Senior Director of Book Strategy and Customer Experience at Barnes & Noble. How are you today, Shannon? I'm great. It's
1: Monday, beautiful day, good day to read. (laughs)
0: That's <laughs> uh, good. Always good to read. Uh, and thank you for taking uh, the time to talk to us today. I'm a, I'm a big Nook guy. I think I have uh, like 468 Nook books, I think.
1: Amazing. I love to hear that. There's no right or wrong way to read. I read ebooks, print books all online. It's the best.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. I, I tend to read. Uh, it's nice to have the ebooks when I'm uh, riding a bike in the morning. I like to read the Wall Street Journal and books uh, on, on, you know, and then it's also good to have them in hardcover as well. If you want to go back and reread and journal around uh, them as well. So it's good. Yeah, it's good to have many forms, as you mentioned.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Excellent. So when we start these off, we like to start them on a more personal level. So we'd love to know a little bit more about you, uh, your kind of work history uh, and what you do currently at Barnes & Noble.
1: Sure. So I actually started as a bookseller in the stores in Cleveland, Ohio, which is where I'm calling in from today, visiting family. Um, I started as a part-time bookseller and kind of worked my way up as opportunities came about, Um, worked at merchandising in the store and, you know, hand selling, which is my absolute favorite thing, do it all the time. Um, And then eventually moved to the home office on the children's book side, um, kind of in that uh very specific retail buying side um and then had a few different categories at the home office um and then eventually oversaw kind of our overall book strategy for all of our stores um and now uh also work on customer experience in our new membership program so um been with the company for about 10 years loving every minute of it we've changed so much uh especially since 2019 since we went private and we've had james Dont at the helm um, we've kind of shifted our mindset very, very drastically for, for the good. We've seen some really good results. Um, but yeah, been, been with the company, you know, started off wearing costume characters. Um, and now I oversee overall, uh, overall strategy. So it's great.
0: <laughs> you talked about going private and, and does that take a little uh, pressure off of kind of Meeting Wall Street's objectives and truly uh, enable you to focus on the customer programs, processes and and ideas that can truly focus on the customer and maybe not necessarily on kind of the, the you know, the, the short term focus on profitability.
1: Yeah, it's really enabled us to think about what is the right thing for the customer experience and not, you know, um, try and meet certain metrics every quarter just to meet them for the stock market. Um, obviously we want to do well and sales are a huge focus for us as a retailer, as a bookseller, but um, to be able to have uh, not only the support um, of an investment firm, but also the ability and um, the influx of what we needed to focus on, you know, how people are reading, what they're reading, what they're gravitating towards and really spend time on anchoring back into being a bookseller. Yeah. Um you know, it hasn't lessened pressure, it's just shifted it to kind of other exciting parts of the business.
0: Okay. I'm sure everyone's familiar with uh, Barnes and Noble, but can you give us a brief history of the company, how it was founded, where it was founded, uh, how you guys evolved, and, and kind of what your focus is today?
1: Sure. So it was, um, Founded quite a while ago, pretty much in the 1800s. There were some mergers, you know, um, the Barnes and Noble, whenever there's an ampersand, you can usually think that there's at least more than one company involved that eventually became one company. Um, so it started off uh, a while ago. Um, and then in the 80s, really, really in the 1980s, I should say, um, really big box you know you've seen movies like you've got mail the, the big bad big box stores um you know focused on discounting and carrying everything everywhere all the time um big influx of hard covers kind of across the board and that was kind of the heyday of big box retailers obviously there was borders as well um which was a competitor at the time of bnn um and then uh kind of a shift obviously amazon um, is the first that people think of when they think of online competitor um, or just logistics in general. So when Amazon came on the scene, uh, it pushed borders out of business. Uh, We we had the nook at the time, speaking of nook, um, that really kind of helped us through that time period. Um, And we were able to, you know, come out the other side. Uh, There was a huge, huge push in the industry that people thought eBooks would completely replace print books. Um, and we're actually completely seeing the opposite now. <laughs> We've seen eBooks kind of plateau and go down a little bit. And this idea of print books and especially trade paperbacks really drive um, the majority of success. So um, went through, uh, got through kind of the Amazon heyday. Um, and in 2019, we went private. Ellian um, Investment bought us in 2019. Um, and since then, James Daunt has been at the helm. He also oversees Waterstones in the UK and a few other uh businesses like <laughs> um Hatchard's, Blackwells. Um Barnes and Noble also bought paper source in 2021. So we have um a paper retailer that we work with on a brand level and um kind of helps us. It's a it's a really nice uh parallel to what we do when we sell books. So Uh, Yeah, we've been, we've been private since 2019 and we've kind of reframed who we are as a bookseller, essentially just getting back to doing what's right and what feels like it should be a good reading experience, a good customer experience, the right recommendations and, you know, anchoring in on content, content, content.
0: Okay. Can you give us a brief overview of the uh, loyalty program Barnes & Noble Rewards uh, actually, I'm a member of Barnes & Noble Rewards, uh, but uh, I, I was uh, in, in Florida uh, for a large circuit, soccer tournament in January this year. And I thought I was a member, and uh, my daughter uh, had had kind of a bad game, so we went and spent like $500 on books, um, and uh, I wasn't part of the actual program, so the, the Frontline uh, CSR did a really good job explaining to me about the new program and the benefits of getting, so I enrolled in the new program. It's a paid program, I think, but she said based on what it costs and what you're buying here, you're pretty much covered for the first year. So can you tell us uh, about the, the new program kind of, the, kind of enhanced program?
1: Yeah, so um, we've had a, lo- a version of the loyalty program for over 22 years. And we knew that it was kind of time to, to reset it and essentially make it a lot better. So we have both the paid program and the free program. Um, the paid program is our premium and that is $39.99 a year. Um, The biggest part of both program is anchored around stamps. So you earn stamps with every $10 in a purchase. Um, You collect 10 stamps, you get $5 in rewards. That is a component of both programs. Um, So on top of the stamps in the premium, premium is also 10% off everything in store and online. Free shipping. Um, There's an annual tote bag that's canvas. It's usually worth about 20 bucks that you get every year. Um, Drink upgrades in the cafe um exclusive uh content specifically like events for members um you know a first opportunity to buy when we get really specific signed editions of a celebrity memoir or a book by an author that we can only get a few copies you know members get that first opportunity um so that's really where premium is it's it's for book lovers it's it's when you spend um a lot of time reading hanging out you've you've got a family um, and the stamps on top of the 10 percent across both in stores and online and the free shipping really starts to to add up um, in savings and then we have our rewards program which is entirely free we've never had a free membership program and that is where you collect stamps to earn rewards to spend so um, we we reframed where we're at with membership kind of added benefits we we the old membership program did not offer the 10% online, so we introduced that online on top of the free shipping. Um, and are really excited with a lot of the feedback we've gotten over the last um, over the last few months. We just started rolling it out early February, uh, very methodically, kind of a few stores at a time, um, beta testing for lack of, <laughs> of a better phrase. Even though I'm not fully invested in uh, in tech terminology. Um, and did groups of stores. And now, uh, as of late April, we're fully rolled out to all of our stores.
0: Okay, excellent. When you look at your, uh, you know, the premium membership and the Barnes & Noble Reward program, uh, there's a big push for personalization right now, from a brand perspective, as you know, to make sure there's relevant content, how people are reading, what they're reading for, uh, are they reading for pleasure, are they reading for education, uh, or knowledge, should I say, you know, how do you use those two programs to drive unique experiences for customers uh, in the program that can, you know, evolve into customer loyalty?
1: That's exactly why we wanted to do this because we are all of our stores were focused on curating and creating more um, localized, effective stores that speak to the community on a bigger level. Um, that's exactly what we want to do with our members, um, specifically with Premium having a much more curatorial approach and really anchoring in on overall book recommendations exactly for you, knowing that it's, it's not an algorithm, um, like other people may use. It's a bookseller handpicked. This is a book that you love because you've read legends in lattes or Babel or Yellowface. There's so many, um, Ways that we want to talk to customers in this way, having the premium program, you know, curating and and seeing what they buy and then making very specific recommendations, because so many times when we have people visit us in stores, you know, they really want a recommendation, they want to know what to read, they want to have an enjoying few hours reading a book and, you know, have someone Really, kind of vouch for that. So, doing that with the membership program, having that that member level and experience um, is key. You know, we're going to do it through emails, but also all of the um, the way that our booksellers are talking to members in stores and being able to give them those kind of um, first offer opportunities on special editions.
0: Okay, when you look at your communication strategies, how are you working to make them more relevant, more engaging? Uh, you know, through that personalization approach.
1: Uh, We're doing a ground up approach of working with our booksellers on a on a day to day basis Um, and really looking, you know, there's over 10,000 books published every month in the United States. Um, So knowing what is good as a bookseller and then using that knowledge and what's working on a store level, on an e-com level, on an overall kind of brand estate level. Um, using that information to, to funnel it's, you know, it's kind of in the DNA of a bookseller to know what to recommend. We all have our favorite, um, our favorite subjects we like to, to focus on, but you know, we can, we can sell and the membership program is just a different vehicle to do that.
0: Okay. There's a, there's a great deal of discussion in our community. We have about 140 brands, uh, they're members we meet, uh, weekly on different topics, how customers are changing is a big uh, topic of discussion. How do you think your customers are talking? You mentioned that people aren't as focused uh, on ebooks uh, as they may have been. Their paperbacks seem to be uh, kind of what people prefer now. You know, How are your customers changing and how are you adapting to that change?
1: Um, they're changing in that we're seeing more and more binge readers, where we're seeing a lot of younger audiences come in and buy up trade paperbacks of specific genres to really, um, you know, binge content in a different way. And uh, they really want to read along with friends in a way we haven't seen in a while, Um, which is really exciting as a bookseller, obviously anyone reading more just makes me happy. Um, But having those groups come in and, you know, they can either film videos for social media or meet up and have a book club, grab a coffee, talk about those books. That um, having the brick and mortar location for our customers, I think coming out of um, coming out of the pandemic really, really helped us. Um, we always want people to just come in and, and hang out um, and really be um, a locus for the community. And I think uh, it's it's served us well the last few years in how we're seeing readers respond Um, To what we're doing and really, once again, focusing on the types of books we have in our stores, the personalized recommendations, um, note cards from booksellers around, you know, what they're loving in store and why um, has just helped us a lot.
0: Okay. When you look at um, uh, customer loyalty, uh, a little bit of an economic uh, uncertain time right now, can can customer loyalty, the loyalty program, the date of the engagement you get with the loyalty program be a hedge against economic uncertainty?
1: You know, I think so. I think there's um, our our brand is very well known. Um especially as a bookseller kind of across the States, having, having stores everywhere. So I think there's a a level of comfort um, for us specifically of, of having people feel comfortable coming in and store and getting recommendations and having that more personalized relationship with their booksellers. um, That might be more of a struggle for other brands. Um, I do think reading is essential. (laughs) So when we do see economic downturn, um, the industry generally stays relatively healthy. People people don't feel bad buying books for their kids or for themselves to enrich their lives um, and spend time because it's, you grow up kind of, you know, it's a privilege to read. So feeling that kind of that it's a worthwhile experience, it's people don't feel as bad about spending on books and, the, and reading as an experience. So, Um, It's definitely helped. And I think membership in general is going to kind of buoy that because not only can we provide recommendations, but also specific content and guest blogs and author posts and different ways to experience books um, that are specific to, you know, your type of taste when you're a member.
0: Okay. When you look at the success of your customer loyalty efforts, are there certain KPIs or metrics that uh, you use of Barnes & Noble to kind of look at efficacy?
1: Um, we're definitely in the nascent stages of this uh, reimagining, so um, we're we're looking at a lot of different things. Obviously, when we send newsletters and book recommendations, we want people to open them. So, <laughs> seeing that they're opening them and, and reading them, as as we hope, that is definitely a, a measure. Um, but also in general, just the feedback we're hearing from our booksellers in the field and, and our stores and what the response has been, um, anecdotally at cash wrap, what the lines are like, if they're upgrading in the cafe, how often they're using their discount, how, you know, how many rewards they're racking up with their stamps, when they're, um, when they're redeeming them, you know, there's a million different ways we slice and dice and kind of look at what's working, but in general, it's, how are people feeling about it? Is it, is this really um, meeting the needs of readers? And the, the short answer that we've seen so far has been yes. So.
0: Okay, great. Uh, when you look at other customer loyalty programs, brands that are running customer loyalty programs, are there some brands that you are loyal to? And, and if so, why?
1: There's not, um, we didn't model after a specific brand for this one. Um, you know, I'm always interested in what people are doing or how they're accruing emails or talking through, um, you know, what the conversations they're having at POS and things like that. Um, but there isn't a specific brand that we're um, mimicking, unless you go across the pond. Um, it should be no shock that Waterstones has a similar kind of rewards program. Their Plus Perks um, that is a stamps program. So um, in that sense. We did model some of the stamps, um, the stamps component, at least in rewards, and then also the stamps as a part of everything else in premium, um, you know, very similar to our our British brethren, uh, but other brands in, in other retail spaces, not, not as much.
0: Okay, uh, excellent. And when you look at uh, your customer loyalty efforts, you know, what can loyalty 360 do to help you and your team in your uh, customer loyalty efforts?
1: I think it's more just understanding, you know, how the market is doing on loyalty. I think everyone kind of wants to get in that space because that relationship with the with, in our case, the reader, in most people's cases, the customer is so important. So, um, you know, context always helps. It helps everything. It helps me sell books every day. Um, So just that context, I think, in the industry is is helpful.
0: Okay. Well, uh, very interesting interview, Shannon. It was great to get to know you a little bit, but also get to know more about the uh, Barnes & Noble program and how you guys are approaching customer loyalty. I mentioned big fan. I like uh, Barnes & Noble. I prefer you definitely to do the other entity and uh, I try to buy all my books uh, from you guys. So I appreciate everything you do for the industry.
1: Of course. Thank you. What do you What do you like to read the most?
0: I'm a, I'm a big marketing guy. I like to read marketing, behavioral science, behavioral economics. So uh, you know, uh anything from, you know, up Adam uh Grant, you know, Michael Lewis,
1: did,
0: uh, kind of Daniel Pink, uh, like when I think it's an amazing book uh, about uh larks and uh owls when people are born and how they what the productive times are. So I'm I'm very much into behavioral science. I have four kids, so when I had them, I started reading about uh just how the best way to raise them may be. So I I just plus it's very apropos for loyalty as well, right? I don't I don't read for pleasure, I read to learn. Mm-hmm. So
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, I love the the Adam Grants of the world, Daniel Pink's, yep. the, um, also the, the Stoics. So like Ryan Holiday, there's some really, really good books kind of anchored in Stoicism, and it, it's translating to parenting. There's a Ryan Holiday book actually uh, coming out soon around parenting that's brilliant, that you'd probably love.
0: Yeah, I uh, like Adam Grant, uh, Rethink, uh, I think it's Upthink or Upwork, Up Rethink, is that his mm-hmm. or this whole idea of uh how people should rethink behaviors and processes uh it's a very interesting start to that book about uh there's a bunch of firefighters that storm a a canyon gulch fire in uh utah i think and it starts a book about uh people were so rude in their behaviors right they carried their packs up a hill while the flames and one of the campers stopped and he just he cut out a swath he laid down a match pre-burnt it and he laid down put a mask over his head and he was the only one survived Like 45 people died in the fire because they were running up against it and they were never going to beat the fire. Right. So he realized that the only thing I got to do, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to burn it. And he rethought about, you know, process and he did it in, in near real time, which people have a real difficult time doing so
1: wow uh, and it's dramatic a manic illustration
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's uh people get rooted in their own behaviors too people have a lack of metacognition understanding kind of what their strengths or weaknesses may be and i think being able to look outside and and, and think differently is is uh yeah it's that's why i read that type of of, of uh genre if I, wanna, if I want to if i to entertain myself i'll watch a movie but uh i i'm a voracious reader in books i try to do one or two a month between book and oh. uh you know reading and and uh you know listening to i also like audible as well so i usually if books i really like i'll have it in all three formats i'll have a hard copy i'll have an audible version and i'll have a uh a nook version as well
1: perfect great
0: well great thank you very much for taking the time again and thank you everyone for listening and look forward to having you back again for another edition of our leaders and customer loyalty series have a wonderful day